Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Hey, Sue. Hi, Dom. Welcome to the Culture Bites podcast studio. Thank you. Great to be here. So this is the first time you've joined us on Culture Bites and probably long overdue, I reckon. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So for the listeners who don't know, Sue's one of our Melbourne consultants and uh, accreditation extraordinaire. So if you're going through accreditation in Melbourne, you'll probably run into Sue. And she was up in Sydney, so I grabbed the chance to, to corner in the studio and really talk about some issues, Sue, particularly around the LSI. So as I was kind of saying, you do a lot of the training and teaching people how to, how to debrief the LSI and whatnot, how to interpret it. And there's a bunch of questions that I see come up in those sessions or a bunch of things people maybe miss. And so one of those is particularly around rapport building mm. in the LSI debrief process. It's often one people kind of skip over a bit maybe what's your thought on that they definitely do skip over it so it's a it's an interesting thing i think that when they go through the accreditation process that for some reason they feel as though they have to be an expert very quickly mm. and of course that doesn't happen overnight it takes a lot of experience and mm. And to be an expert, you've probably got your name on the bottom of the mat anyway, yeah, right. or, or your name's Sean McCarthy, one <laughs> yeah. or the other. Yeah. But they, and they also think that they have to work really hard to interpret the data mm. for the clients. It's kind of sage. Yes. That's kind of, I'm reading the data and reading the tea leaves yes, almost. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. And in fact, it is the client's data story but it's their actual story that brings that data story to life. So, for example, you and I might have exactly the same data profile, yeah. but our stories will be completely different that have yeah. made it that way. And so part of that rapport building is to actually draw that story out before you even look at the data so mm. that you, you're starting to hear the pointers in their story to what you're going to see when you actually open the LSI. Yeah, I love that, Sue, because I think people do come into debriefs and so on, like, what does this mean? Mm. You know, like, what does this say about this person? Mm -hmm. And there is some of that, right? It definitely gives you signposts, and that's the strength of the tool. But as you say, people's stories are different. So even though, you know, two people might have dependent as a, as a primary style, it could be totally different reasons and so on mm -hmm. about why that's showing up. Yeah, exactly right. And so... I think one of the easiest examples is probably perfectionistic, mm. which is one of the ways that a critic shows up in a profile. Mm. And it can have completely different beliefs sitting under it. So one person might be believing what they do isn't good enough. Mm. Another person might be believing at some level I'm not good enough, mm. they're, and they're, they'll have different origins right. and different levels of intensity. And so it's really important to you know, be able to sit with the person and draw that story in a way that is non-threatening mm. for them. So putting, uh, I always like to start with work because work is obviously less personal. Yeah. And so... To start with a question like, talk to me about your role and your responsibilities at work. Mm. And it, it gives, it's a nice open simple. question, yep. simple, 
gives people the opportunity to actually talk about their job, what their responsibilities are. And from that point, depending on what they say, do you know, you can let the conversation inform the next question Mm. that you ask. So let's say they're talking about their responsibilities and you can tell from that conversation that something that they're doing is a challenge for them. So you might then say, it's sounding like that part of your role is a bit challenging for you. Why is that? Mm. Do you know? Yeah. So whatever it is that they say just informs the next question and it helps you sort of start to build a picture. Yeah. I love that because sometimes it can feel like a bit of a cold start as well Mm. when you go into an LSI debrief. And so you're almost getting not just the conversation flowing, but actually quite useful intelligence, if you will. Mm. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but you know what I mean? Like people already starting to fill in their story into that. And and like you say, there might be totally different, different things going on, right? And it's quite important to know that when you're debriefing. Mm-hmm. So people often skip over it because they feel like they've got to dive into the report. So, hi, Sue, nice to meet you. Here's page one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what do you think of that? <laughs> or, or maybe I guess they explain the circumplexes of it first, hopefully. Yes. But what I like about really taking some time out and spending some time on the rapport building is that at the end of the day, it's kind of what what's the outcome? What's the purpose of doing this stuff? And it's actually around those questions. What what's going on in your life, at work, at home, whatever it is. Mm. And so there is a page in the report. So in the back of the LSI1 report, there's Mm. a satisfaction items table. And the top half of that, so the first seven questions all relate to how satisfied are they with various aspects of their work. Mm. So if you've had that conversation and you're talking to them about their role, their responsibilities, the organisation, the people they've got around them, mm. and hopefully in that conversation, if they've got challenging relationships, those sorts of things have come to the surface as well. Mm-hmm. You've got a checkpoint in the report as well. So when you move to that satisfaction items table, eventually, where, whenever within the debrief you go to it, then you can see what they've said. So it's a five-point scale, three somewhat satisfied. Mm. They may have said, I'm only somewhat satisfied with my relationships with superiors at work. Right. If you've had that conversation, that's congruent. You know that already. And so you don't need to have that conversation again Mm. when you come to the satisfaction items table. However, if they've said, yes, I'm completely satisfied with my relationship with my superiors at work, and yet you've had a conversation in that rapport building session, which says that they've got a difficult boss and they really struggle with the relationship, Mm. then it's a different conversation that you get to have. So it gives you an additional checkpoint, if you like. Mm. And the conversation you would have then would be, help me understand what I'm seeing here. Because previously you were talking to me about the difficulty with your relationship with your boss, and I'm noticing that you've said completely satisfied here. So has something changed since you did the report? Mm. Talk to me about that. Mm, mm. Yeah, so it's almost an additional check. It, it is. Yeah. It is. It's. I just. I love the LSI. It's such an elegant diagnostic, and there's layer upon layer upon layer yeah. of being able to check and recheck. And this this satisfaction items table is a beautiful way of double checking the story. Mm. Do you know? And the top half of it is work-related, and of course the bottom half of it is outside of work-related. 
family life, ability to manage stress, leisure time activities, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I love it. So mm. where else would you go on the rapport building? What else, what other kind of questions or things would you be focusing on? So I that? certainly would, it, from a work perspective, I certainly would be talking to them about relationships. Mm. And at every level. So relationships with superiors, relationships with peers, relationships with direct reports, Uh. looking to see whether there were differences in the way that they described those relationships, which of course then shows up in the LSI2 in the breakout reports, if that comes up. So Uh. again, the elegance of the whole process, that sort of checkpoint along the way. As far as the organisation itself, Uh. If they've given themselves a somewhat satisfied or less with the organisation, it begs the question, why do they stay? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Why do they stay? And you would probably see that reflected in a lower self-actualizing score. Uh. Do you know? So it's it's very, it's lovely the way it all sort of marries together. So do you find it's a good warm up for people? Because it's almost, they're almost predicting their own data to some extent. Well, they are. They're, yeah. Because what they're doing is they're bringing their data story to life. Mm. And so... I never look at the reports in advance mm. and I always want it to be a learning experience for simultaneous learning experience for us mm. in a debrief. And so doing the rapport building session beforehand means that by the time we've actually opened the LSI1 and are looking at the CERC, I've already heard a whole lot of pointers towards what I'm going to see. Yeah, so it's not a surprise for you either. Not then. a surprise <laughs> for me, no. And, and, and I love that too because I. For my own experience, I know like you want to be confident in understanding the tool and what it's telling you and all that stuff for sure. But I think there's a big part about not over-preparing and filling your head with a story you've told yourself about this person before you're actually in the room with them. Yeah, great point because what you're doing is you're making assumptions Mm. and you're making assumptions based on what you think you potentially could be seeing in the data. Mm which is why it's so important to understand that it is their data story, but it's only their actual story, their life story, that brings that data to life. Yeah. And until you're having that conversation with them, even though there might, you might be spot on with some of the pointers that you're seeing in the report, you, you're far better off allowing their story to just bring it to life rather than interpreting uh. on the basis of assumptions. And if you go in where it's, you're, dis- you're both discovering, then you're actually coming from a place of curiosity. You are. Right? Yeah. A self-actualized kind yeah. of space. Yeah. So you're learning together. You're exploring it. And, mm-hmm. and you might come up with all sorts of new questions which weren't kind of preloaded mm-hmm. questions and so on that mm. you came into it with. Oh, look, I think if you have a great long list of preloaded questions that you're deciding that you're going to work your way through, it's a bit of a recipe for disaster in mm. a debrief mm. because – it restricts the flow uh. of the conversation. Yes, as a reminder of the sorts of things that you might want to have a look at. Sure. But you have so much better flow if you allow the conversation to inform the next question that you ask. And I think people get better at that as they, they go do. on because you build confidence and stuff. Sure. I think the first one you're like, oh, God, I need to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're speaking from experience and, here, Doc. <laughs> and, but people want to do a good job. They That's do. That's partly why they're doing it. Yeah. But the interesting thing to keep in mind is if it was just about what's in the report, well, you wouldn't need a coach. We could, That's right. We could write that. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just the report. Yes. But LSI needs to be debriefed by someone who's accredited and mm-hmm. it needs to be debriefed by a coach who's going to talk through it. 
And the reason is because that's what brings it alive. That's exactly right. If it was just the data, Mm -hmm. and I love the tool, it's amazing, but it's input to a coaching conversation Yes, for people. So it doesn't do the work on its own. No. It needs to be brought alive with the person's story. Yeah, it does. And starting with that work story is helps generally helps people start comfortably. Mm. My bridge normally when when that seems to have reached a conclusion was would be to say something like, talk to me about what's happening for you outside of work. Mm. So again into And the- it gives them choice then in mm. which direction they go in. Mm. in relation to life outside of work. Mm. So you leave it kind of open yeah. that they can interpret it yeah. which way they want. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, because you kind of leave some blanks for people to fill in so you don't <laughs> stare them too much. That's it's, right. It's interesting yeah. to see what people come back with. Well, it's a huge difference between talk to me about your primary relationship with your partner. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very personal. <laughs> and talk to me about life outside of work. Yeah. Do you know, completely that really open. gives it's open and it gives people choice of where they start. Mm. So depending on their level of comfort, I'm um, talking about life outside of work. It, they can choose the starting point. Mm, mm. Yeah, I like um, that. A really open question like that just puts it out there for them to really go with what they want, and therefore it kind of is a signal for you as a coach of what's maybe important exactly uh, for this person, and therefore. Where does it show up in the report or how can we call it back later? Mm-hmm. Do, do you ever, you know, when they're telling a story, do you ever refer back to the rapport building besides just the summary items at the back, So Yes, I do. So in the actual styles themselves, there'll be references when you're doing perhaps a deep dive into a style to something that they've said in the rapport building session. Ah. So, yes, to me, it's drawing threads the whole time. So is it a question to like, you know, if there's an item under perfectionistic or something, it's mm-hmm. like, how, how might this be impacting, you know, this thing we talked about earlier, do you mm-hmm. think? Something like that? Is that exactly. where you'd go? So let's say, for example, they've said that they've felt quite alone. Let's say mm. they've made a comment right. like that. You Don't be surprised to find runs things by self mm. and proud and self-sufficient. Mm. Do you know a little bit of a theme of isolation starting Mm. to happen there, Mm. which probably has sitting beneath it a belief that nobody's there for them, Mm. potentially. Mm. So they do have that sense of... I've got to do everything Got to do everything by myself. Yeah. Yeah. So you pull that back from their story a bit. How does this relate back to what we were talking about on such and such? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. Is there a difference, Sue, between a debrief with someone you've already met or know and someone you're meeting for the first time? You know, like we have some people... accredited internally. So mm. their colleagues with these people, they might know them quite well. Do they go about the rapport building in the same way or is it different? Similar way, but needs to be different because obviously if you know each other to a certain degree, mm. you're not going to say, talk to me about your role. You know what their role actually uh-huh. is, but you might say something like, what's the biggest challenge that you're facing at the moment mm. with work? What are you enjoying the most? Mm. Do you know different sorts of questions? What's been been happening lately? Yes, what's been happening? What's your highest priority? Those sorts of questions. So that just to get them talking around what's front of mind for them. Because I guess that's, I can see rapport building. If you've never met the person before, then I think we all feel like you need to at least build some rapport. Mm. I can see 
the situation where people skip over it when they feel mm. like they know the person. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I know you. We don't really need to to do this, but it's still important to actually spend time setting that rapport in the room. Absolutely important. So let's let's use you and I sure. for example. You know, you've got the exciting prospect of becoming a dad in right. the yep. not too distant future. Yep. And so we might have a conversation around. I cannot believe, Dom, that you're going to be a dad <laughs> in a few short months. Few and months, how are you feeling about that? Excited and terrified all yeah. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. Nobody yeah. writes the handbook <laughs> no. on how to be the most effective parent. Many people have tried. I don't know if they've, <laughs> I don't know if they've succeeded. Oh, listen to Sean's Childhood Origins of the Circumplex. Yeah. Not a bad starting point. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was with them on that and I took furious notes yeah. while he was talking. So, uh, so uh, we've had great feedback on that podcast too, yeah. actually. Yeah, so it's as simple as that. So it it's, it's really just if you know things about what's happening for them, yeah. that's another way of doing it, yeah. right? It's, again, that spirit of curiosity. And because is it about, you know, people – in an LSI debrief, you're a bit vulnerable, right? Because it's about you. It's the way you think, which yeah. we often don't let people into mm-hmm. and on, and the way people see us, which could be challenging. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's a really good point. When If you're debriefing somebody from your own workplace, and, and this is a common thing that internal accredited practitioners face, mm. because don't forget the pre-established relationship is actually through the lens of the LSI two. Mm. not through the lens of the LSI-1. Right, so it's and their the, behaviour that we're saying, not that's, their thinking. That's exactly right. So the lens of the LSI-2 is based on a combination of things. It's my experience of you based on my direct interactions with you and also my observations of your interactions with others. Mm. So that's the lens as an internal practitioner you have over that person. Mm. And, of course, this might be the first exposure that you've had to how they're thinking in relation to things. And so, mm. yes, it can. they can feel incredibly vulnerable yeah. with LSI 1 being part of the equation. And so that's why it's so important, even if you know the person, mm. you work with them, that you set up the rapport building because some of it's about setting the right conditions, the right, you know, about building that kind of safe space, if you will, around we're here it's just you and I, you know, we're sitting down to talk. And if you move too quickly into the report, it can kind of sometimes feel like, um, you know, here's your, here's your report. I'm kind of shoving it at you. So, so slowing down, taking a moment to actually, you know, be in the moment, <laughs> be in the room. Absolutely, yeah. Be present, listen. I have this thing that I say in accreditation, Mm. point to the ears. You've got two of these, point to the mouth and one of these for a reason. Mm. Listen twice as much as you speak. Mm. Because as the debriefer, if yours is the primary voice that you're hearing in the room, you're not pulling out their story. You're not listening to their story. So it's really, really important. Yeah. And because, of course, with coaching, is there a difference? So with coaching, we know you've got to ask a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and get them talking. In debriefing, the risk is people feel like when we started this conversation that they need to provide the answers, mm. right? This mm-hmm. so this report says that you are dot 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 mm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is even in that situation, actually they should still be twenty percent or whatever of the the talking. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Mm. Journey of discovery. 
Yeah, and that, that could be how you frame up yeah. <laughs> some of the rapport building, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, put a positive spin on it too, yes. right? Any other last-minute tips, Sue? Uh, just don't underestimate the importance of rapport building and also don't underestimate the elegance of the LSI as a diagnostic because mm. you'll find repeatedly that you have opportunities to draw those threads together and to recheck things mm. that perhaps if a flag comes up for you, I call, I call it a flag, do you know, you <laughs> hear some something that they say that perhaps is incongruent, mm. you need to make a decision in the moment about whether you just have awareness of that flag and you park it mm. and come back to it mm. or whether you follow it. Mm. And that's choice that you have as the debriefer. What's important to remember is that the diagnostic and the, all of the, the information that's in there gives you opportunities to re-explore mm. in a way that just ties it all really nicely together without mm. you having to do a lot of hard work. Mm. So even if you perhaps park it initially, mm. you're probably going to come back over it when you're going through the data. Yeah. That well, may be the time. That Exactly. So you might be going over the data at an individual item by item level within a style. It could be themes that you're looking at. It could be satisfaction items. It could be breakout reports in the LSI too. Any number of opportunities for you to actually revisit. Do you know, so... I guess what I'm saying is don't think you have to chase after every every lead, every lead mm, in the mm. conversation because there will be opportunities that will represent. Mm. So I'm kind of taking out of this conversation, so it's almost like an investment doing really good rapport building because it brings the person into the room and yourself mm. for that matter. It establishes you know a bit of trust and a bit of you know that relationship, which is so important. But then it also pays dividends later on in the in the uh, debrief because you're able to pull in these threads of their story and how does that relate to the data and then explore that further. So it really enriches what you can do later on as well. Yeah, absolutely does. Beautiful. Can't be underestimated. Absolutely. (laughs) Or overestimated, should I say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Fantastic. So, yeah, make sure you've seen aside that time to, to do the rapport building justice and do it right. And don't feel that you need to be an expert and jump straight into the data and tell people what it is, but let their story bring it to life. I love it, Sue. Thanks for your time today. You're very welcome, Dob. And I'd love to get you on a few more podcasts if I can, exploring some other factors of the LSI. Are you up for that? Absolutely up for it. Beautiful. Now I'll see you on a couple more. Okay, bye now. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.